0: Welcome back to the DMC podcast, season two, episode four. We are going strong with it. I noticed recently, because we've uh, got a little bit ahead on our uh, uploads, we've recently released the final in inverted commas episode. And I can't lie, Manny, we have clickbaited a few people. A few people have been messaging saying, Wait, is the final episode? Like, what?
1: Same, man. 100% I've been getting the same reception. But I suppose my, my response is. I don't know. You just have to go to watch it to find out. <laughs> and actually, you know, lots of people thought listening to it. oh, you lot, man, can't believe <laughs> that you were finishing it up, but you're going to carry on. I'm like, of course. Sometimes, sometimes it well, in theory, it was going to be the final episode until in we kind of came up with the this um, decision. Probably like a month. I would say a month earlier, really, is when we thought about it and we were like, you know what, let's just carry on. Let like episode yeah. four. I'd say was the turning point for us really yeah yeah Um, yeah so so in in essence it was going to be the final episode up until episode 48 and then that's kind of where we had that change in uh, dialogue and conversation yeah and um but yeah, no, I've got the same me. I get the same messages as well.
0: It's been so funny. Yeah, man, it's been good. So yeah, it's been good to see people showing us love and everything like that. A few people messaging the, the the Instagram. It's been so lovely to see. So big thank you to everyone for your all your kind words and all your positive affirmations for us. It really helps us think, you know what? Well, people are actually listening. People are actually taking in what we have to say somehow, believe it or not. <laughs> so that's really nice. Uh, but today we are going to be talking about life skills and things that Manny and I find important. And in fact, we have concocted just for you guys, just for you listening, we've concocted a list of 10 important life skills. Manny's chosen five, I've chosen five. And what's great about the dynamic that Manny and I have, we don't necessarily agree with one another on this. So that, provo- that promotes good, healthy debate conversation, which we would always love for you to get involved in with us, even with your mates, even if we're not necessarily involved. Have a debate with your mate about what they think about this kind of stuff. But without further ado, uh, let's get straight into it Manny. would you like to start us off with one of your top five because you're doing five each top five life skills that you think people should try and invest in
1: i know like that there's somewhat i'm not going to say order necessarily on our table but i'm going to go off with the um of one that says being able to effectively communicate and just going into a bit of detail about that one as a life skill i've noticed that as you're more like able to communicate effectively with other people. And it kind of promotes good teamwork with others. Yeah, so the the life skill that I chose was being able to effectively communicate. The reason I chose this skill is because I've noticed like in my life in general, whether it's going into interviews, working with people, being able to precisely communicate what you're or, like being able to communicate effectively and be able to like say, and explain clearly to someone else what you're doing is the most important thing and this was more present whilst I've been working this year than ever really like I never really took it into consideration when I was um, perhaps like talking with friends uh, talking with family like things like that which seems that you wouldn't really have like a conversation where you feel like you need to really communicate properly like you might use a bit of slang You might just have a very casual conversation. But in a business setting, when you try to explain yourself and you say something, the funny thing is is that a word, like even if it's missed out or it's a word that's not used correctly in the right context, could mean something completely different to what you're trying to convey. And this is where I felt like this skill had to be on my list because it's been ever-present in my life ever since I've started working. And sometimes I even say at work, like, (laughs) oh, um, I'm going to use the wrong word for this, but I'll explain what I'm saying in like two seconds. And it makes sense for people after I've explained it. But if you're able to use the right words and curate your uh, sentences and your speech correctly, I think it just makes everyone's life easier around you. Then it helps you to get into better scenarios and positions.
0: I think that's also very important, even more so now that we're obviously we're coming out of it now, hopefully. We don't make predictions on the show anymore, but hopefully we're coming out of all that COVID nonsense. But being able to communicate effectively, not face-to-face, so like in emails or in messages, is even more important than ever before as well because you can't detect things like body language or tone of voice as well on um, over a message, on a text. And so simply changing one word in a text message makes a whole plethora of difference. So I definitely get what you're saying there, Manny.
1: I think also just to add to that, I think um, what you raised was a good point, in terms of effectively being able to communicate it doesn't matter what medium you know how like what platform you're using so for example if it's verbal communication whether it's written whether it's like through messages and I think generally as a, like an like a big umbrella term for all of those things that's what I think um, I put it down as a skill because being able to write is super important and obviously that could be its own like skill within a skill but that's being able to communicate effectively also if you're uh, using written communication in the workplace or just generally as well
0: so what would you say for people who want to improve the way they communicate would it be to find better lexicography you know find that word that they're trying to trying to say like the way you explained something for two minutes when there was a word that used it better would you recommend trying to improve their vocabulary or what would you say for those who are trying to improve and effectively communicate better
1: i think improving your vocabulary does go a long way because you can use you'd be able to use the right words at the right time but i also think it's a trial and error process there's people that I've spoken to and there's people that I know who are better than me in English I call them English merchants as a joke and then I ask them questions like I've come across this word recently what does it actually mean what kind of context would you use it obviously if you don't want to ask your mates about stuff like that you can just use Google but I think being able to make those mistakes though in your communi- uh, in your like verbal communication as well as with your written is going to be super useful because you don't really learn if you haven't gone out and tried to use a word like non. if you try to use it like nonchalantly you're obviously going to make a mistake but never really know why but if you use it with intention you're going to understand that that word was correct but it wasn't correctly used and i think sometimes that's the issue where it's like lots of people know like the word that they're using is like grammatically correct or it just makes it it, it like it makes sense but it doesn't make sense in the context it's being used in and Mm -hmm. it's just being able to uh, understand like it's basically just trying to understand the words that you're using around your your specific word you want to use and it sounds really weird because you're trying to juggle everything in your mind and then you need to be able to blur out what you have to say it's like take a take a deep breath take your time with it no one's running away that's what people used to say to me like you're talking like someone's sprinting away from you like you just need to chill and i noticed that talk fast now still but it's one of those things where it's you just need to be able to, to tell your mind to like you need your mouth to be quiet and you need your mind just to think. Because if you just <laughs> let your mouth run with it, then you, your mind kind of gets confused. So I think it's just taking your time with things and just sometimes even going over what you said uh, in like a um, just like how I'm doing now. I've made a mistake, but I've just gone over it. And it's noticing those kind of things and being able to do that. It's probably going to be more important than just trying to be so precise because I feel like if you try to be so precise from the start, it might take you ages to try and have a conversation. You might be waiting there for like a minute every time rather than talking and then being like, you know what? Actually, that was the wrong word there. Let me just rephrase what I meant and then say it again. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Then I mean, like in yeah, real I'll... life, it's it's harder to like because on message you can wait five like a minute or two and you can just type out something. You can reread it, proofread it. But when you're speaking you're basically proofreading prior to being able to speak from your mouth so yeah, sometimes like you can make the, an error the
0: proofreading time in real life would be going umming and roaring and like taking exactly, that pause and exactly. then that gives a start uh, breaks up the flow of the conversation and he's just waiting for like someone's waiting for you to finish your sentence and looking at you like you're some sort of mug or something like that so that 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 could be avoided that could be avoided but yeah Manny, I like I like your one I like your one and somewhat similar to that um but you mentioned the very beginning you know being able to explain things and use communication as a method to it the first one I want to talk about is explaining the reason behind actions and now I know Manny you you don't necessarily agree with this 100% and ni- neither do I I don't think you always have to explain everything you do to everyone around you we covered this in the obligation episode where you're under where I believe and we both echo the sentiment that you're not under obligation to explain things to people whatsoever really but you sometimes you may owe it to some people more than others to explain things but where I'm coming from with explaining the reasons behind your actions is in the situation where someone doesn't understand why you've done something or if they see that you've done something and they make a snap judgment based on what you did not on why you did it that's when it's good to explain yourself and be like, oh, well, I only did, be like, oh, you got completely the wrong end of the stick here. This was my intention. This is why I did it. And it may not have had the desired outcome or it may not have had the outcome that you, the opposite person may have been thinking. For example, uh, if I was to do something that you particularly weren't a fan of, Manny, um, I don't know right off the top of my head I can't think of an example but something that Manny didn't agree with necessarily and I explained to him well actually Manny I was doing it for x y and z as a reason and you at the first thought you were like oh I didn't think that was the reason behind why you did it I understand now it's all good don't worry about it like it, it clears up a potential for miscommunication there if you just explain it a little bit which I think is what's important here.
1: I think also where you're saying that you explain the reason behind your actions, it, I'm not going to say it's for every single action because that's probably not correct in that statement either, but it's more to do with actions which may lead to conflict without any context. And it's being yeah, able to explain 100%. those, great... it's being, yeah. So being able to explain those to other people, the people around you, which not necessarily may have an issue, but it may lead to conflict with that person just for whatever reason it may be, but it's one of those things where you can give someone a bit more of a picture, a bit more of an idea of what's going on rather than them thinking about, oh, you're just doing this because of their own like preconceived notions about why you did it and kind of leaving... They kind of have a gap in their knowledge. You're fitting that gap in their knowledge with the yeah, action yeah, that yeah. you're taking, And obviously, however you've explained it now, makes more sense because even before we even started I was like I even said to Joseph uh explaining the reason behind action like I don't think you need to justify yourself all the time and you're like yeah you're you're not wrong about that but just hear me out when we start and now when I've obviously listened to you I understand where you were coming from yeah and that makes that makes more sense 100% I get that
0: yeah, and what you said about like giving context where someone else may have filled it in themselves, that's always important because, yeah, they may have been correct in their assumption and that's all well and good. It shows that they know you, but at the same time, they may have been incorrect and that can lead to ramifications down the line, which is what I believe is the best thing. It's basically conflict resolution before it even begins when you explain yourself. I guess that would be the life skill, is conflict resolution, if I was really to put a cap on it. That's what I'd say. Yeah, um, do you want to go ahead with your second one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll go ahead with my second one. So my second one, it's very British one. All right. Very quintessentially (laughs) British one. I'm going to be honest. (laughs) I'm going to be honest with you all. It's politeness costs nothing, which is so true. You know, like, think of, let me give you a scenario, Manny, right? Give you a scenario. You, you walk and you see someone's walking behind you. Like you go both go into the same building and you hold the door for them. And they give you the most minuscule of nods. You know that nod, that nod of acknowledgement, Manny. They give the nod of mini, acknowledgement, man. Oh nod yes, I of know. Acknowledgement underrated. Yeah. They give you that nod. You're like, cool. They appreciate what I did for them. All good. How old do you feel compared to if they gave that nod of appreciation or they just walked straight through without looking at you? Like, how do you feel?
1: I uh, know you feel like worse. You feel better if someone acknowledges you for it, and it's kind of exactly. funny because talking exactly. about opening the door for people. I remember, like, I was at the gym, I think, Friday. And I opened a door for, like, two, three people. Someone, some people acknowledged me. Some people didn't. I was like, fair enough. Cool. I by accident, man. Oh, you're not going to believe this. On the last person, I opened the door for them. They walked through. And I didn't realize someone was behind them. So I just closed the door. Oh, after. oh no. And then I looked at the person. I was like, <laughs> oh, my name. I'm so sorry. He just started laughing. But I was like, man, I genuinely didn't see you like if I did, I wanted to have left. But um, it's lucky yeah. that that person saw some, like, humour in that. But yeah, yeah, it was unintentional, of course. Definitely, of it's, course, of course. It's, I feel like being recognised for things that you feel are good just makes you feel better.
0: Yeah, it just does. Like, it just makes you feel better. There's just... It's not like you need it, but it's just something... Yeah. It's that little... Like it keeps it's that little change in the state. Bro, it just, it just keeps society flowing. I can't lie; it keeps things flowing. Like saying thank you to a waiter or saying thank you to a bus driver. You never know that bus driver may have a really bad day, and you saying thank you to them may have made them feel a bit better about themselves or a bit better about what they do for a living. Like, and it takes it takes you what one second to say that, one breath to say thanks, or one second to give them a little nod. It costs absolutely nothing, but it could mean the world to someone. And that's what i would say is a ma- and that's not a hard change to make realistically that's not a hard life skill to master <laughs> so uh, yeah, i would say no, if there's 100%. one you pick up pick that one up
1: i think um just to carry on with the politeness thing it's one of those things where it you know that episode where we spoke about like you just mentioned it there a second ago about the weight and how you're just trying to make someone's of someone else's life a bit easier yeah i'm not saying being polite makes their life easier it just it feels like it though. It doesn't necessarily like provide anything. Like, I'm not gonna say politeness doesn't provide anything meaningful because that's <laughs> the right way to think about it. But like, as an exchange, it's not like you're doing something for someone. Yeah, it's I agree. just you're it, and it, it might be you going out your way to do uh, going out your way to say it, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're doing something for someone. And it's that weird thing where it's like, but we feel like you have done something for us by saying that, and that's where I feel we feel like we change our emotion or change our state because we understand as humans, or just generally we have this like idea of someone acknowledged me for what I did. And I felt like that thing was the right thing to do. So it's being validated as well. So that's probably why we change, like feel a bit better. We have like a more of a spring in our step, et cetera. But yeah, man, I, I quite like that one. I'll be honest, um, looking at my list, I had uh, like, I like I didn't even think about that at all. I'm not going to lie. I'm <laughs> with in actual skills. Yeah and, yeah um, that's true that's
0: true. I mean yeah. I like your list as well though. Um yeah do you want to go into your second one?
1: Yeah sure. Um one uh the thing I love about podcasts and the thing I love about like life skills they can be very important but you might not be good at them. And this is the one I'm going to be mentioning. The stress management. I think it's an important life skill but we're in the process right now. For me personally I feel like I'm still um, in the process of trying to manage it better uh, why did I choose this uh, mate I'll tell you right now like sometimes when I stress out I've seen it hinder not only like social interactions but I've seen it like I'm not gonna say it necessarily like stops opportunities but you feel like you're not presented as many opportunities as possible be able to indulge in the opportunities that you have because you're too worried about things going not necessarily correct, like the right way or not going right. And you also overthink about scenarios that might not necessarily even happen. So it takes you out of the present. You're, you're so, um, and there's nothing really wrong with this, but you're so future like oriented about what would take place. And those, those things get bigger and bigger. And since those get bigger and bigger, you kind of detract from the thing that's going on in the present. And this is why I feel like it's an important life school because don't get me wrong, being able to think for your future self and partaking actions now, which will help you in like five years time. Great. Don't get me wrong. I love that. That's something I try to do every day. But at the same time, sometimes that kind of focus can also lead to more stress because you might think that those things that you're doing right now, because you want them to impact you you're so far forward that everything you do right now has to be done to a T correctly and be able to like mold into that thing that you hope to hit in like the next five to 10 years. And that's where it takes you away from the present moment. And I've noticed that more than ever, really, uh, definitely like the, the last, not necessarily when I've come to uni, but before uni and perhaps even at the start of uni. But as I've met more people along the way that have made, made like, I don't want to say made cases will be more relaxed, but I've seen people's like um, how they present themselves and they're more relaxed and they seem like they're able to enjoy life just as much as uh, I can, but they feel way less stressed out about it. I noticed how important of a,
0: of a skill it really is. Would you say that your stress management has got, gotten better since taking more things on? Or would you say it was better when you had less on your plate because you had less things to manage?
1: I want to say less because I get the whole more thing means you're more busy. But I think more busy isn't really a good thing either. For me, when I do less, yes, it might give me more time and like space to be able to like ponder on things. And I might stress out about things. But those that doesn't really happen to me that much. I know it happens to a few other people. I know, but for the most part, for me, it's if I do less or have less on my plate or have to focus on like a one task only, everything else kind of just dissipates and the stress for all those things kind of just goes away because you're so concentrated on the task. But if you've got like four different things going on, like I can imagine now, like next year uni easily, where it's like we have three deadlines to do, uh, due and like the same day or like in the same week. I'm telling you straight up, like the stress is just going to be there complete like it's gonna be like massive compared to if someone said to me oh you have a assignment due on I don't know let's just say December the 16th as a random date and then one due on like the 21st um for example and I feel if it's staggered like that it's not as bad as it being all put together and I feel for me personally less less gives me more Time to relax. Less is more for me, basically, when it comes to relaxing. Less um, is so more. I, less is yeah, more. exactly. So I think for many people, I know that if they do more, they feel less stressed because the thing is, I feel like if you do more, you only feel less stressed because you're so focused on everything else, like every other thing, like every other task. Like you don't even have time to stress out, you know what I'm saying? So Ooh. I don't necessarily think that's a management Yeah, Um, a way to manage it
0: if you just don't have time for
1: it. I'm not saying you should make time for
0: it. That can lead to burnout pretty easily, though, can't it?
1: No, hundred percent, man, hundred percent. Like I've suffered from burnout by trying to pick up so many different things, and especially during like just working in general. I I try to do everything I can to try and sustain it, and sometimes it does burn me out. But for the most part, it's it's just partitioning issues and partitioning like problems you have and being able to do them in smaller chunks and trying to go all in at once that's what i noticed works for me quite well um i don't know what if you can chime in on any advice you want to give to people about stress management
0: well the thing is i'm a very i try and live the most stress-free life i possibly can you know me manny you you've known me for almost three years now and you know how things are with me I'm just trying to live my life, trying to get by with things, not trying to do the bare minimum, but trying to do enough so that I'm happy with where I am, but not too much so that it makes me start freaking out and getting stressed and doing all these crazy things, <clears throat> sorry, and uh, taking on all these projects. But so in terms of stress management, I, I'm, I'll be the wrong person to ask because yes, of course I've been stressed. It'd be, it'd be naive of me to say I've never been stressed, right? But I've been stressed on a very low level. I've been stressed about an upcoming exam, which then I do and I don't do too badly in. And then I'm not stressed once the exam's finished. Like, for me, stress is not um, a consistent thing. It's more periodic if and when something happens. And even then, I try not to get stressed because I try and navigate my time well. Like, my brother, he... He's got a very unique studying style. I'm going to be 100% honest. And by unique, I mean, it's probably the most shithousery studying style I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> what did he do? Right. He, 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 um, <laughs> he doesn't study at all for the first Nine months. Oh, I know nine, what he does. months. I know what he does. And he then spikes and then, his productivity up to like
1: maximum because he, he does t- nothing he, for he, ages. He
0: does nothing. The thing is, right, he knows this and he, he, has no, he has no qualms about it. He has no misconceptions that, oh yeah, I'm not going to, uh, I should probably study now. Nah. He tells himself, no, no, he doesn't give him, feed himself any of that because he knows that's not how he works. He knows that's not how he's going to be as meant, you know, his capacity. So when he's not being productive three months before an exam, he doesn't get stressed out about it. And when he finds himself, it's two weeks time to the exam. Right, now it's time for me to study. And he studies 12, 15 hours a day for two weeks straight. And is hopefully, fingers crossed, going to graduate with a strong first. Like, he is on track for a first and I, I'm sure he'll do excellently. That's awesome, man. And that's the thing. That's all because of just, he knows that he can't change his studying style because that's just how it works for him. That's just what what works best. So when he's finding, he's cramming those two weeks, that doesn't stress him out because he knows he'll be fine with that approach that he's taking. And yeah, it may sound quite gung-ho, but if you can identify what works for you, then there's less chance that you're going to be getting stressed about these sorts of things.
1: I think that's a really good point you raised about like how he preemptively knows that this is the process he undergoes. So he doesn't feel as stressed. And I think someone said to me, and I can't remember who it was. It definitely was a mate though. And they said, the only way to tell that you are stressing too much if the stress is negatively affecting your life. And when you really take that into consideration, the stress that you're holding on to, the things that you're stressing about, uh, on your day to day, like life, like Monday to Sunday, does it affect you negatively or has it prevented you from taking opportunities? And I'm quite lucky, like nowadays, like I'm able to say, I don't think it does. I think I'm at, I have my own like stress level, which is quite higher than, quite much higher than the average. But I also look at things from that bird's eye view where it's like, has this stress really impacted like my life in a negative way? And don't get me wrong. It, it definitely has uh, in moments, but I think now more than ever, it hasn't, hasn't like been so damaging than it probably was beforehand. And I'm that still is... stressed, don't yeah. get me wrong. But yeah. at the same time, it's like, am I really stressed in the sense that it's damaging my work performance? It's damaging my relationships with the people I have. It's damaging my own life. And for me personally, I'm quite grateful in the fact that I can say no. But if the answer is yes, then I definitely say just try and talk to someone about it and just walk through the steps with someone else because sometimes you just need someone to help you guide you along the way rather than give you solutions.
0: And you could also, from if you would like to take some uh, advice from me at least, would be just identify what matters most to you, and if there's something that you feel that you don't necessarily need to do or want to do really badly then drop it if you find that, as Manny's saying if you find the stress is negatively affecting your life because of all the things that you do prioritize things that you really do matter to you and potentially don't have to drop something completely but assign less time to do one thing and more time to do another and hopefully you'll find that that is a good way of solving the stress and managing it in the best way possible um, but should we go for another one of yours Manny if we're, we're going to move on from stress management?
1: Oh, man and this is kind of similar i would say but it's just coping with emotions and if we're we're going on the same line of stress management it's just being able to manage your emotions and there's going to be times where you might be like super upset like something might have happened and it's going to be a really difficult and dark period for you but it's being able to um cope with those emotions and being able to like just carry on, like, I, I just going forward in your life, despite all the bad things that are happening. And sometimes, yes, you're going to be at a standstill, but it's being able to um, look at things and understand that it's even though things are really going to be very difficult, yeah, it's, you have responsibilities for yourself to show up as well. And it's really hard when things aren't going well and life doesn't seem like it's treating you fairly and we have all of these... Um, ideas about things uh, like that but I genuinely think like if you're able to carry on and cope with those emotions and maybe coping with those emotions might be uh, expressed or like being able to speak to someone else about it being able to talk, talk to like seek some medical attention I think having someone along the way to kind of hold your hand in the sense because you don't need to also c- cope with your emotions alone I don't, I don't think I think it's, it might be necessary ultimately as, a, as an ultimate goal, but if you're really struggling with it, I don't necessarily think you have to do it alone. And there's times where I think people feel like they have to cope with it alone, so that's why they find it more difficult. And I think because really our feelings are just an indicate, indicator of our well-being and being able to like eliminate some of those things that are holding you back can lead to dramatic changes in your life. And I know it's easier said than done, 100%, don't get me wrong, I've been there, but I think there's always a, um, that, is, that is like probably one of the most important skills. We've we'll probably touch on something like that afterwards, but I think that's something I wanted to really mention.
0: Yeah, and def- definitely knowing that you're not alone with it. If you don't want to talk to a family member or a, a friend or a sibling or an acquaintance, there are so many anonymous places you can go to to just talk about these things. You know, we've mentioned the Samaritans before. We've mentioned Childline, and we've mentioned mental health um, lines of you know communication you can talk to and stuff like that. And you know, Renata talked a lot about um, people going to therapy, and her <laughs> her end of episode message was: everyone goes, everyone should do therapy once in their life, or go to some th- form of therapy. Um, And she talked about that and she talked about, you know, she's paying a fair amount of money, but that's so beneficial to her because she's able to get direct communication to a counsellor. And something like that, she doesn't necessarily talk to her. Well, I don't particularly know, but she might not talk to her family members or her friends about certain things and might want an independent adjudicator to talk to about it. So, yeah, if if you don't really have anyone to talk to, there are strangers who are there who are literally trained to do this kind of thing and to help you cope. So, as Manny said, you aren't necessarily always alone with it.
1: Yeah, man, 100%. I'm glad, like, you mentioned, like, a reference to that episode because I think that ending message by Renato was like, really important. And I think it, I, I do echo the same sentiment in the sense that, like, being able to, like, talk to, not necessarily going to therapy uh, as, a, as a, like, a means to help yourself, but being able to communicate and help someone guide you along the way, I think that's equally as important, but... We'll link every, um, we'll link to like the child line and every other support line to do with mental health and just generally uh, being able to communicate with someone about your life in general. I think that would be super important and we'll link that in the Spotify description. But uh, Josie, if you wanna go ahead with your third one.
0: Yeah, I would love to, I'd love to. And one that I have quite close to my heart is have fun and don't feel guilty about it. And this one's even more prevalent than usual because I've recently been watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine and I was recently watching an episode where the usually uptight but quite friendly and kind captain was doing something that was unproductive, but it was fun, and he was saying, "I can't believe that this is a thing." Like in a very you know statement manner, he can't believe that having fun and not being productive is good. And he said, "But it felt good." you know, in that way. And it was really interesting to see, and I know tons of people, obviously it's meant to be somewhat of a caricature, but I know tons of people who have the same sentiment, you know, not knowing that they're, that they're even allowed to enjoy something, if it means they're not being productive. And we know we saw Ali Abdal say, mention about this and we've covered this before, but I thought it was very prevalent to go over it again and reiterate the fact that even if something's not necessarily productive, but you're enjoying it, then just do it, go for it and spend some time on that. And of course, you know, we mentioned don't be complacent and don't over-index on that. But at the same time, don't neglect it because it's not a productive thing to do. And I, I, live, a lot of, I live a lot of my life with this, you know. On the way to work, I have an hour's journey. You all know this. I could spend that time uh, improving areas of myself, you know, personal development, reading books, whatever it could be. I could spend my time doing that. But instead, I choose to spend it playing video games. Why, you ask? Because I enjoy them. <laughs> There's nothing more to it than that. I like playing them. It gives me a sense of achievement, satisfaction. It gives me a sense of wonder. You know, I escape to my own little world. I'm not on some shitty English train filled with sixth form and GCSE students who are shouting and screaming, nah. I'm playing Ori and the Blind Forest with a beautiful soundtrack getting enveloped in this amazing world. Why, didn't you ask? Because I enjoy it. And I think that's what a lot of people could benefit from. And that's definitely a, a sentiment that I 100% can get behind as long as it means you're not being complacent.
1: It's funny because for me, sometimes I have fun. I enjoy it at the moment, but feeling guilty afterwards, sometimes it's like, it haunts me. Yeah. But I also know people who feel guilty in those moments. And I think, I think that guilt can really take you away from the moment that you're in. And I think that's... And ultimately, like, to be honest, Joseph, we want to be able to do what we do at the highest level in terms of, like, we want to be good at what we do. And, in fact, sometimes it's, like, bro, I don't know about you, yeah, but sometimes when you do stuff like solve problems and issues, like, maths-wise, yeah, it's it's kind of, like, I'm not going to say it's fun because it's going to make you sound like a nerd, but, like, being able to solve (laughs) it and know what you're doing, it's quite enjoyable, man. Yeah. It's stuff like that where... It like p- people might be like, oh, um, if you're not working, you're not being productive. But the the people you you surround yourself with uh, are probably going to be equally as important, if not more important, than your work. Because the truth is, is the people that make your experience in your life really the work is just a small portion. It is a large portion of your life in the sense of the number of hours you put in. But if you really like pinpoint where like most of the hours are spent is with talking with people, hanging out with friends, all those memories and all those moments. And I think sometimes we kind of lose track of that when we're trying to be very productive. When I think if, if, if for you, your balance is 60% do work, 40% spend time with friends and or do fun things and you don't need to feel about feel guilty about it because that's kind of how your balance works. And if you feel that you're doing that too much and then, you realize you're feeling guilty about it then just swap up the numbers make your work be a bit higher if you want to do that a bit more if you feel like that and just find out your own balance by learning by a learning process rather than trying to like I feel like sometimes we try to look at other people and try to emulate what they've done and don't get me wrong it works really well and it it definitely might work for a lot of people but if you can think for yourself and think okay this isn't working for me let me spend an extra hour working if I feel like I'm being too guilty and then you feel much better about your life. It doesn't, it, it doesn't matter because it's all about you ultimately, about if you're enjoying what you're doing.
0: Yeah, definitely. And th- th- that kind of comes under the same sentiment as stress management. You know, if you're, it's about prioritizing things. You know, if you feel like, oh, actually, I probably should do X, Y, Z, I, I probably should work on my final report while I'm traveling to work rather than play some video games then do that too. It's just about prioritizing things in that moment and trying to find, as you said, that balance and that optimization around things. Uh, but just to move on to my next one as well, whilst, we're, whilst I'm still in my flow of things, um, I would say one that's a bit of an interesting one and one that we have covered uh, a couple episodes ago, quite a few episodes ago, to be honest, is tactical extroversion. It's a mad statement. I can't lie, but hear me out. <laughs> um, tactical extroversion for me means presenting yourself in a positive light which may not necess- in a positive extroverted light which may not necessarily be your default setting in order to gain something in order to get the upper hand in order to Obtain an opportunity,
1: man. This sounds like some art of war stuff. Imagine for,
0: for Machiavellianism is coming through, my guy. Um, <laughs> but it, it's just presenting yourself in such a way that it could be beneficial to your future. And when I say tactical, I mean it. Deploy it in certain situations. If this isn't your natural, you know, setting. If normally you're an ambivert or an introvert, and you find it hard to perform as an extrovert then use it tactically and use it wisely and be an extrovert when it's beneficial to be an extrovert it's obviously it's easier said than done it's easy for me to sit here as an extroverted person and say oh just be an extrovert Let's go chat to some people now nah, i know it's not as easy as that and i know some people dread conversations with strangers but that's something that you could override um if you're at a jobs fair for example and you're trying to put your name out there go and talk to a company just this, this tuesday coming up um i've put myself forward to talk to some uh, more managerial and higher up people within my company about the experience i've had and what they could potentially do to change the industrial placements um scheme that they've got partially because i find it enjoyable partially because i do want some changes to be made but also a little bit is that i just want to talk to them and have them think oh cutler where have i heard that name before Oh, I remember that kid who talked to us. Oh, he seemed like a good kid. Da, 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 da. And that might be beneficial to my future because that may help me in terms of a recruitment side of things. They may see who I am and see that I'll be an asset to them.
1: It's so similar to that whole Ali Abdal podcast where we mentioned the serendipity vehicle, where, like, in this, uh, it's in the same uh, sense where instead of like deploying yourself online and people be able to see you and be exposed to who you are you're doing that in real life and by having these interactions you're exposing yourself to networks and people you might not even know that you'd have access to because you're putting yourself out there and something quite interesting that uh, I heard was that in your lifetime you probably meet and know at least a thousand people across it like overall and imagine that means if you think about it You're one person away from knowing like ten thousand people, if you think because unless you have mutuals obviously. But let's just say for argument's sake you don't. That's a thousand people times by your thousand people, and of those a thousand people, they know a thousand people. It's just crazy how like
0: scales up. You
1: can it scales up and yeah. I'm not saying a thousand is like a a true arbitrary number for everyone's like like lifespan like lifetime they'll know that many people. But imagine if you knew a hundred people like how many people you have access to on instagram and let's just say all of them knew you properly and they knew what you were about and then they met someone that needed someone who needed yeah who needed you basically because you were the perfect fit and doing this in real life is super important and i i really agree with what you're saying where it's like sometimes you need to put yourself in scenarios where you need to like you need to put yourself in a scenario where it helps you but at the same time you need to also enjoy it like you're not doing it just because of that and I feel like if you're doing it just because of the connections it can kind of be like you can kind of tell in interactions where yeah. someone's being inauthentic yeah and it's um it's just one of those things where if you go with the intention of I want to do this but I also know at the same time I'm going to have exposure to something else rather than it being the exposure the main primary reason I'm going to do this it's is obviously going to tell in your like demeanor and also attitude and it's and I know lots of people like you said about strangers I know lots of people who fear like talking to strangers and they don't feel like they can do it but the truth is with any, anything it's like you have to get the reps in and by doing that, is just talking to random people maybe like the first thing might be um maybe like even though you already know where to get your cereal from in like the, in the in Tesco you talk to one of the people who work at Tesco and be like, excuse me, do you know where I can find this? And, and it might seem like a forced interaction because you already know what to do. But as long as you're trying to, like, build up your experience, I think things like that, and then the next time it might be, okay, instead of, um, instead of like, the Tesco person, maybe you speak to someone who's in the shop and be like, or in the same aisle as you and be like, you know what, I'm looking for this. Have you seen it by any chance? And they, they might be like, oh, it's... Um, near the bottom of the aisle and it's just building upon that and it's, it's going to take time but don't get me wrong like lots of people when they struggle with like talking to strangers it just might be like an inherent like anxiety that they have so it take it with baby steps but ultimately it's just putting yourself in scenarios where those interactions are going to be so important because they should be able to propel you into being able to sell yourself and present yourself well in a setting which will provide you a lot of value and that can only be done if you it's like um it's just with exercise man like you you need to start forcing yourself to do it to a certain point and then you'll see the rewards from it over time and it's not like it happens overnight that's the same with with the interactions with people it's it's not like oh maybe this one of conversation leads to something but they'll know you because also of how you've worked and what you've done at the company as well so definitely take that into consideration.
0: Definitely, definitely. And I I think that, yeah, it's it's easy for me to say that, oh, you can just just do it, just go talk to them. But as Manny said, Baby Steps is the best way to start and the best way to approach it. When I first got the email asking if I'd like to get involved, I had no idea who I'd be talking to. I just knew that I enjoy talking about my experience because I genuinely believe that. I can help give a good representation of what the year has been like and what the year would be like. And I also enjoy, I, I just like talking to people. So that for me was a no-brainer. And then when I found out who I'd be talking to, that's when the other thing about networking came to mind. As you said, it wasn't the, the, the prevalence and the real reason I did it wasn't because of the networking, but that was a nice added byproduct that helps with tactical extroversion. So I'll say that could be a, a good sentiment to leave mine on as we move on to your fourth one, Manny.
1: And my fourth one is good to be, it's kind of going back a bit, but it's about decision-making. And it's the importance of your decision-making, right? It's, it, and it requires a lot of skills in the sense that you have to be a good active listener. You need to be able to have like an analytical, um, you need to be able to be like critically think and be able to have interpersonal skills. Like decision-making is quite a... Um, a massive like topic which has got so many different skills a part of it and I think decision making is super important uh, not only the speed of this, your decision making but ultimately what decisions you make because the decisions you make and being able to select the best possible solution in scenarios to result in the best possible results is something that's very, very difficult, but it's something that lots of uh, good leaders and managers understand, and, and don't get me wrong, they do make mistakes in their decisions, but it's being able to overturn those mistakes in those decisions by picking up on those mistakes quickly. And sometimes your decision-making gets improved because you, put, you, you, have, you, you, put, you have scenarios where you have to make a decision, like, for example, let's say you have a, a project, like a group project, maybe you're not super confident about being the team leader, but you decide to do it and you realize there's some of the burden or decisions are put onto you. And I think that might be a good stepping stone for people to be like, okay, if I'm going to make this decision, I need to make the best possible decision. How am I going to go about it? And it puts you in a different state of mind where you'd usually try and present yourself decisions for yourself because you know your decisions have an impact on the whole team. And, and I feel like once you develop that skill it, and I think it's super essential because then it helps you lead your life in a better way and uh, perhaps even avoid some of the mistakes you've made based on decisions you've made before. It not only saves time, it also prevents conflict because some decisions I feel like you need to make, like for example, let's say there's like a democratic vote and you want to be that person who says, okay, let's vote equally and it's a two-two split and you're just deciding factor. You, you have to in that moment make a decision and that decision definitely impacts everyone around you but it also um, serves as a, a motivation for other people around you as well because they might be like those other two people who voted against what you might have agreed with the other two people about they might be like okay he was a leader we're gonna s- listen to his decision that he made he given us a good reason why and then it serves as a motivation for them to be able to be like okay let's just get this done and things like that and I know that rational thinking and being able to look, it, it, it gets you through that process of taking in all the information, avoiding any emotional decisions, which I think is super important. Cause sometimes you need to step back and make a decision objectively. And sometimes that decision objectively might not serve in your own, you serve your own agenda, but it's the most important thing to do. So you do that anyway, You give your time to like, think about what you want to do. And then you also need to take a look at the, um, short-term and long-term impacts of decision that you made and I think just having being able to have that skill is super important and being able to like do it uh, like be able to apply it to your own life as an individual is like important as well that's kind of why like I've noticed that sometimes when people say like who wants to be lead for certain things that I'd normally do it because not only that I like I'm not gonna lie I do like being like a lead for something or like a leader and things like that but I think it also is a good skill set to have because it puts yourself in an environment where you never really think that you'd be putting yourself into. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Um, but while we've been talking, the, <laughs> the main thing that's been coming to mind, Manny, obviously because it's the most prevalent thing to me, is um, when you're going out with your friends, you're walking into town, you're like, oh, I'm kind of hungry. You guys hungry? And they're like, yeah, yeah, I could eat, I could eat, I could eat. You go for lunch here. Yeah. And you're like, all right, where, where do you guys want to eat? And everyone's like, I don't mind. Where do you go? Where do you want to eat? And you go, I don't mind. Where do you want to eat? And that just keeps going on and on and on. Because on, no one man, wants to... And don't even. That yeah, annoys me yeah, so much. Yeah, yeah, I'm not yeah, going to lie yeah. to you, man. I'm yeah, like, yeah. you know what? If no one minds,
1: <laughs> I'm going to go Nando's. Cool. There we you go.
0: See, Manny, decision-making right there. That is what I like. That's that's why I'm bringing this up. Because it's such a quintessential... Like, it, it's, it sounds so basic, right? Talking about going going where you're going to go have lunch with your friends. But... I've found times we've been stuck trying to decide where to go to eat for like 15, 20 minutes and we still haven't eaten yet. I'm hungrier than I was 15 minutes ago and everyone else is a little bit more aggro because no one can make a flipping decision. And so someone needs to make the decision. And usually I'm not going to lie. It is me. I'm just like, you know, guys, let's go eat here. And they're like, all right, cool. Let's go eat there. Do I necessarily think that that's the best place we could go and get food? Probably not, but would it be somewhere that I think everyone would enjoy in the group? I'd like to hope so. Like just yesterday, we went up to the food court in the main shopping mall in our area. We went up there. We we're like, okay, we're here now. What do you guys want to eat? And no one could really decide on anything. And then we were thinking, I was like, okay, what about we go to Bill's? We had, None of us have ever been to Bill's. They have nice cocktails there. Manny's given big shout outs to Bill's to me before. The pancakes,
1: man. The pancakes. I go in bills in the morning though. I wouldn't. I don't really like or brunch. I don't normally go as a, as an afternoon or dinner thing.
0: Yeah, I got I got a cocktail. I can't lie, man. Mm. <laughs> bit bit different, bit different. <laughs> but it was quite nice. I had some sourdough thing. It was very tasty. But. At the end of the day, moral of the story is we made that decision after about twenty minutes of umming and ahhing If it made that decision a bit quicker and someone would be been like, actually, I want to just go to Bill's. Problem solved, 20 minutes saved, life goes on, no one's hungrier than they were before.
1: The problem with decision making though, also in that scenario when it comes to food, is that everyone has their own taste. So it should be one of those things where people should either have one idea of where they want to go, because I feel like when it comes to a group setting, you might be like, I want I vouch Fernando's and someone's like, I want to go Wagamama's. There's, I always say that's a it's a conflict, but you know what I mean. So everyone's gonna have a different opinion. Yeah. Everyone yeah, should yeah. present one. Everyone should come in with one um, place they want to go, and then randomly pick from a hat, because then it isn't necessarily falling onto one person's decision. Because let's say for example, you don't like Wagamama's, you would never choose that place because you don't like it. But also at the same time, when I just said a second ago, decision making is also about being able to not have your emotions involved. So maybe objectively, you're like, you know what? More people feel like you feel like the group you're with more people will like Wagamongers than Nando. So you take them to Wagamongers. But you know what I'm saying? So it's, it's a really it. difficult one as well. But well,
0: that's thing is, why what, I give what's people good as well, <laughs> oh, sorry, Manny, what's, what's good as well is that one of the friends yesterday said, I don't mind what we eat as long as we don't go to spoons. That's good. Then I, can that. I can respect that. No, I, respect I can that. respect that. I respect that. Tell me you, where you what don't you don't want, go. want. What you don't exactly. want to do, yeah. Exactly. Tell me what you don't want and we'll make decisions based upon where other people don't want to go. I know one of my friends would not want to go to pho or wagamama. So those are off the table. Easy, like straight up. Those are off the table and then we choose something else based upon where everyone else wants to eat. Because then at that point, everyone's saying, I have all the options, I don't mind where we go. So then I know that wherever I recommend next, hopefully at least people have said their qualms and said where they don't want to go and then i can make a well-informed decision about what each of the people in the friendship group wants to do
1: you know what as a social experiment because i don't know when this podcast is going to come out but i think I hopefully things will be a bit better if we go out in a group setting we should try this like we should generally try it and see what happens 100 percent i'm quite interested and then ask people where they don't want to go rather than where they want to go i want to see yes. how it works out yes and, yes, yes. And if anyone tries it any listener let us know how it works because I mean that might be a better strategy than saying this is what I, what I want to do.
0: Yeah definitely it narrows things down and makes that decision making process that, that a bit easier and you know outside of just eating and <laughs> thinking from our with our bellies man you think with our minds and our hearts this same concept can be applied to wider life you know think about what don't I want to do in this situation oh I've got all these things that I love to do but I've got 24 hours in a day to do them make the decision on what you th- would like to do least as I was talking about before prioritize like that and that's that could be the worst buzzword for today's episode discount code prioritize that's the one that's what we're going for <laughs> um but uh yeah that's I think that's a pretty good coverage of decision making so uh i don't know if it's you next manny or would or should i go with my one so,
1: yes yeah, yeah do you want to jump over to yours and, you and then we'll do mine and over, my, over some stuff.
0: my last one my last one so my last one is undersell and over deliver by this i'm talking from a a work-based outlook but i don't mean undersell as in be complacent or be you know disrespectful of the amount of work you need to do and contradict things. I mean, show yourself working at a capacity where you feel is comfortable. When you get to this new scenario, when you get a new job, as we're talking about last week, we did kind of mention this, but you don't want to start a job working at 150% and people then assuming that that's your standard. Because anytime you drop below it to what your standard would be, people will view that as you underperforming. And will then start to see you in a negative light rather than if you went there, you performed at 95 percent to allow yourself a little bit of wiggle room for adjusting, for having time to yourself, little things here and there. And anytime you go up to 100 percent or you work overtime or you go up to 110, they will see that and they'll see you over delivering and you'll get the recognition you deserve for it. And I think that's really important. And that's definitely something I deployed. Like I've always been making sure that I reach my KPIs and that I reach the things that get asked of me and I'm able to hand them in quickly. And I get lots of positive feedback from my managers and my coworkers and my colleagues. But at no point have I felt overwhelmed. And at no point have I felt that my contribution isn't respected or isn't well received or something like that and I think that's as a result of the way I portrayed myself when I first got there and the way I showed my level of working and I think that's really important but it can be risky because then you can look like a bit of a slacker if you over index on the on the undersell part um, which is something that people should be wary about and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this man as well I know we did it a little bit last week but just yeah I'd love to go over it.
1: Yeah, so just really quickly about that. I understand where you're coming from when you're saying when you settle in at work, but I also think, I also like the idea of being able to oversell and over-deliver because I think it also shows that you can do above and beyond the call of duty. And I know where you're coming from in the sense that if you're just starting out, yes, you know where your ability lies. So sometimes you might be a bit cautious and act more gingerly when it comes to... um, saying what you can and can't do because that also reflects on your performance as well at work but if you're able to do that and more it looks better but i i think also like with the people you work with they also understand how hard the work is so if you overpromise and over deliver that could also be an awesome thing as well so i i i i get where you're coming from like uh, I'm like I'm like fifty fifty on that. I like I like the sentiment <laughs> of like yeah. underselling and over, over delivering, but I don't think it should be a. Um... Let me put it this way: it shouldn't be something that you always default to after, yeah. like after you in. After you settle in, I feel like then you need to go, and it really depends where you want to go in life. If if you want to go up higher corporately, then you're probably going to over deliver and also over promise to try and get yourself up the ranks but I, I genuinely think that at the start I think that's a really good way to approach it but then afterwards it's just like do the best you can and if you can over deliver that's a it's a bonus really yeah I like that. I mean that's the yeah, most like important that. thing that you're mentioning here as well like an understanding might be a portion of it but the promise really is is the over delivering where it's like you're doing above and beyond and it's a bit of a bonus
0: there we go I like that man I like that sentiment you change my view on it a little bit in terms of the thing yeah 100%. I agree with you there. I agree with you there. Thanks for, the, thanks for the advice.
1: No worries, man. But just jumping to my loss on it's being able to see things outside of your own point of view. And this life skill is super important because there's going to be moments in time where you're going to think that this should be this certain way because of how you've like been brought up or how you've been raised but you need to be able to understand when someone else brings an ideal contribution to the table is that they're taking their own experiences into consideration and you need to look outside of the tunnel vision of only how you lived your life or how you lived your life so far. And I feel like this is important because it helps you engage in discussions that you might not actually have, which might have massive impacts on other people's lives, but you never really took it into consideration because you never really had the chance to have that open dialogue and i think if you're not able to do this you're really going to like be living in a bubble of, of sorts and it's you're never really going to experience life to the fullest and be intentional with not necessarily the things you do but the, with the people uh, around you because you think one thing is the only way where it isn't necessarily the case is there anything you want to jump on top of what i've just said about that
0: yeah, I, I I think doing the podcast has really enabled me to to pick up on that a little more because I'm I my mum would tell you definitely that I'm a stubborn person. My girlfriend would tell you that I'm a stubborn person, but my friends wouldn't necessarily say the same thing because they they're not with me a lot of the t- as much of the time as my girlfriend and my mum are. My brother would also definitely say I'm a stubborn person, but from seeing things from other people's point of view doing the podcast has allowed me to do that a little more and not a little more a lot more to be honest um thinking okay what if joseph what if by some by some crazy coincidence what if you're wrong joseph what if what you've thought here is actually incorrect is that a possibility have have i even considered that and sometimes the answer is actually no i haven't considered that and then you take the time and think okay well let me see it from their point of view am I being an asshole? am I being unreasonable have I overlooked something something along those lines can crop up if you just see it from someone else's point of view and yeah it's never nice to have your yourself and like prove yourself wrong or your initial instincts to be proven wrong but it does happen and it's fine because you're only human And I tell myself this now because I obviously, I suffer the same fate. You know, I I have times and I'm like, I can't believe I was incorrect about this, but I'm going to accept it because it's just objectively true. And I think that's something that being able to see something from the point of view of others is really important because then it helps you realize within yourself that you're not perfect. You have flaws and that's okay as well.
1: Exactly, man. And it's, um, It's weird whenever you say that, and I always say it every time, but I I never really notice it. Maybe it's just one of those things where we never really come at odds where there's something that you really want to do that I don't really want to do. And and that's probably why I don't see the stubbornness as much. But I think I I totally agree with the sentiment about the podcast because in the podcast, for me as well as as an individual, there's conversations that I never really had. Like, I, I would like maybe you have like really like small micro conversations about certain topics, but you never really go into detail about it. And it makes you take, you take the time out to research what are the topics. And that kind of has broadened my horizon when it comes to perspective, where I used to think a certain way. And in some cases I might even change my own uh, perspective on things because I never really saw it from that kind of angle. And I think that that's really what I've taken away from the podcast as well generally I, I don't think anyone's really mentioned it to me per se but I've noticed it personally for myself and kind of the conversations I engage in but yeah Joseph just to wrap up um I just wanted to take our 10 life skills and just quickly rank them okay and okay. in an order of uh most in, most important and most important you can vouch for it from like personal experience uh also but yeah if you want to just go I'll go over them really quickly so my five were coping with emotion decision making stress management being able to effectively communicate being able to see from other people from the other side uh, other point of view yours were tactical extroversion politeness costs nothing have fun and don't feel guilty about it explain the reason behind actions undersell over deliver um okay cool so where, where okay, should we go? We'll go from bottom to top. So number ten. What what do you think? What are you looking at right now? And you think to up on this list, is isn't is, an, is uh, probably the weaker ones from mine yeah. and the weaker ones from yours.
0: Okay, I think the weaker one. I don't want to give a straight up ten, but I'll say the weaker ones from mine are explain the reason behind actions and undersell and over deliver. Now these are all important things, but I'm thinking from my point of view, those two aren't things you aren't things you can recommend to apply all of the time. Those things are situational. Therefore, they're not as important because they won't be as prevalent in your life 100% of the time like some of the others could be. So I would say those two for number nine and number 10. I don't know if you agree.
1: Okay, I was about to just write down a list uh, really quickly at the bottom of the document, but I'm just trying to look look over. So
0: I'll say, um, yeah, number 10 would be undersell over deliver because that is very situational depending on where you want to go in your life, depending on how you live your own life but also depending on what your priorities are.
1: Okay. If, okay I, I think I agree with that one as well. Yeah, I think yeah. a number 10 for that one. Yeah. I would, out of all the ones that we have, I think that is the weakest one.
0: Yeah. And then uh, number nine for me, I'd also say explaining the reason behind your actions again, because that one's situational in some situations. It's an excellent life skill. It's probably one of the most important in some situations though. I think that's what's the, why I'm putting it lower down on the, uh, on the list.
1: Uh, yeah, I just want to add to that as well, and the fact that I think some of these, obviously, because we didn't look at necessarily look at each as when we were doing it, like for example, explain the reason behind actions could be in, uh, like within this in, as an, is a subset of being able to effectively communicate. It's within that because it's when you're being able to effectively communicate, you'd be able to justify the actions that you're partaking in as well because you're able to communicate that with someone else. You know what I'm saying, so it's yeah, kind of I feel like you, it's you. in it's in that same, uh, it's like a small part portion of that whole uh, topic. So I'd just chuck yeah. that as nine. Yeah, eight.
0: it's an umbrella term. Eight, what would you say? Yeah. We're looking at eight, your ones. I would, as
1: well. okay. Yeah, no, eight. I would say um. I, I think I think I um, I would put stress management as eight only because. Coping with emotions would just be higher because that covers everything.
0: Yeah, I, I'm with you on that one, actually. Okay, yeah,
1: because I, I, I was that's what I was thinking of doing. So um, let me just write down this list whilst we go, go along. Go on, go so, on, so we can recap so, it
0: for you all at the yeah, end. Yeah,
1: exactly, for everyone in the end. So we've got that. So then we've got stress management as eight. Number um, seven. Of, number seven. So, okay, so.
0: I say number seven could be have fun and don't feel guilty about it. Because also, again, similar to numbers uh, 9 and 10 would be there's certain scenarios where that simply isn't applicable. For example, you have to do a deadline, which you won't find fun and you won't find enjoyable, but you have to do it, for example. Something along those lines.
1: Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm looking at the, the the ones that are remaining and I'm thinking doing the top ones are going to be so difficult. Oh, I feel like the bottom ones, ones feel a bit easier to try and swipe out. but Because those are situational. Yeah, exactly. As we get higher up, I feel like it's going to. Okay, so what do six... what are you say
0: for number six? So being able to communicate. This be... is tough. You I know. think
1: I'm just trying to think. No, because now, now I'm looking at it, is this, which yeah. one, if you took out of your life, would make your life worse?
0: Should we go from the top and try and meet in the middle?
1: Yeah. No. Okay. No, that makes sense. Cool. I
0: would say from the top for I me at least. Yours. Your, your... costs Nothing. You know what the worst thing is? I think based on the logic
1: I was just going with, I was going to put that as six.
0: Six? Boy, oh, this guy. Yeah. No, no for I'm going to to you. I, I'm going to to you. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. All right, let me justify it. Let me justify it. Yeah, Politeness sure. costs nothing. For me, is the most important life skill because A, it, uh, it occurs 100% of the time with every interaction you have, with every person, with every living creature, fucking. You can be polite with an animal, fam. You will be polite to your dog, your cat, your hamster, your budgie. Okay.
1: No, I get that. I get that. Okay, but then this is what we need to make a consensus on now before we start doing the rest of them, because it's like, when we say it's an important life skill, what do we actually mean? Because, okay, let's put this politely, yeah? And I'm not trying to be rude or anything, but like, you can be a rude, successful person. You know what I'm saying?
0: Oh, uh, yeah, you're right. So it's
1: like, that's when I when I, but I was looking at the sense that if, if someone said to me that you didn't have to be polite, out of all the lifestyles that we had, so coping with emotions, decision making, being able to effectively communicate, let's say being able to effectively communicate doesn't include being polite necessarily, mm-hmm, being able mm-hmm. to see things outside your perspective and tactical extroversion. If I look at them and think if I had to take something out of my life, that would make it worse I can see politeness doesn't from. make it worse necessarily that is yeah true, it might make it makes you sense. come across as rude but like <laughs> people might okay, listen, listen, people might think you're a rude person yeah don't get me yeah, wrong yeah. which will affect like your relationships but it doesn't necessarily like that could make your life worse but to to the extent of let's say for example coping with emotions it's levels. They're just That's levels true. apart you I can know I can see that I can see that. So That's why I'm trying was... to work out yeah. whether uh, I think we might do joint ones because here cause no, I now you know what basic upon... for politeness will cost nothing being one also. Based upon your, your description, like yeah. based
0: upon your description, I I'll, I'll say put it sixth because I, I do get where you're coming from. I think but, it's also what's good about it though is that it's the easiest one to implement as well, which is also why I was considering putting it at number one because okay. it's very easy to do. I, but, I
1: think I think yeah, just really quickly though how are we deciding what like obviously we should have done this at the start but <laughs> how are we going de- <laughs> are we going to how do we decide if it's important like give us like three uh, factors are we saying e- e- so we're
0: going to say ease of implementation yeah, um what else are we going to say then uh e- um how how often you can apply it in your life so you know like how, so
1: how, how often or how like impactful it is in your life yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, and then the third one. I'm just trying to think. Cause then how can we differentiate? How can we? De-
0: how can we define it? Because you were defining it before as if you take it out, what? Happens? I said yeah, because like,
1: that's impact. That's that. That would go under impact. Sh- surely then, because it would be. True, that's true. Because when you take it out, it's the impact on your life without it. And I think. Yeah. I think if, basically, I think let's put it this way: the top ones are if you didn't have this in your life, your life would be very difficult.
0: I think. Number one <clears throat> Number one's got to be Coping with emotions Then isn't it
1: Yeah That's what I'm Number thinking one's got to be Coping think, with emotions co- Yeah no
0: exactly That's That was where I was going with And it. then I would say Straight off the bat Number two would be Decision making Or being f- able to Effectively communicate Because that comes under sit-
1: I, I was I was actually Going to go with yours
0: Tactical, tactical version. Oh yeah. Okay Okay How come
1: Because Despite like <laughs> The whole politeness thing That we just mentioned It's um <laughs> The impact of your network on your life is massive.
0: That is a good point. That is a very good point. It's massive. Like, it's it's like,
1: like, in terms of your decision making, is important. And maybe, like, some people will correct this list when we come to it. But I just think tactical (laughs) extroversion would definitely be up there.
0: Yeah, okay. I can see that. I can see that. All right. Coping the motion, number one. Tactical extroversion, number two. Decision nah being able to effectively do you know communicate, what? i
1: think third. i think yeah i think decision making is a bit like i'm going to say overrated in the list but like i don't I, yeah i think being I think able to effectively community i think you could, could put decision making fifth i think you could put
0: decision making fifth
1: and then fourth you'd put as a uh being able to see someone else yeah 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 okay. and then
0: politeness was nothing sixth purely because of the i get what you're saying about if you take it out of your life
1: like it's important think- don't get me wrong, it's an important score it's in our top ten, yeah. Exactly. But like, all of
0: these are important.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like they're right, just ranking right. it for the sake of just seeing where we both both interesting. It is, it is, it definitely is. Um Let me just let me just do that. And then five we said was we Well, decided. do you know
0: what we've seen here, manny? Do you know what we've seen here? Oh, <laughs> have we seen? Four of the top five are yours.
1: <laughs> yeah, but bro, like, it, um, I, I don't know. I think because mine are more general. Though, think of it logically. That's true. Like, yours, mine are, like, mine
0: are very specific scenario. Where like, if based... I went,
1: if I went specific for decision making, I could have written being able to make quick decisions when it comes to that is true. Work, that is work true. Work, for example,
0: that is true. And it,
1: it's kind of where I, I looked at the whole aspect as a more generalized approach because I thought if if I write down something like that, I could just use decision-making as its term to cover all bases you know what i mean so yeah yeah yeah. um just to go over that list then of top 10 yeah and number 10 is undersell over deliver number nine is explain the reasons behind actions number eight is stress management number seven is have fun and don't feel guilty about it number six is politeness costs nothing number five is decision making number four is being able to see for other uh, other people's point of view Number three is being able to effectively communicate. Number two is tactical extroversion, and then number one is coping with emotions.
0: You know um, what? I I, I agree that list. I, I, like, that list. I like that yeah. list think, a lot. I think
1: I think maybe like next week if we. You know what? Next week we could do like a recap and see if we change you changed. See if we changed it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I will okay. do that then. And I then, like um, that. Just really quickly, just to end off the episode, the last question is: um, Which which skill? Which important life skill would you swap one of yours for mine? And
0: which one would it be? Which one would I take from yours? Your own. I, f- I feel like I'd have to take ones that I'm not as good at. And based upon my stubbornness, I would take number four, being able to see things outside your own point of view. I feel like I'm, I'm okay at that. I wouldn't say I'm bad at that, but can I improve upon that? And would it be one that I would happily take from your side of things? Absolutely. So yeah, number four, being able to see things outside your own point of view. What about you, Manny?
1: Sounds a bit controversial because I feel like I'm gonna take one of the ones that we put higher up for something oh, yeah. less than
0: Okay, okay.
1: I would I would take actually six or seven. You know that off from your list. So really? politeness costs nothing or have fun and don't feel guilty about it.
0: Yeah, but you're a very as polite in, guy, Manny. I think no, but you as would as go in, for Okay, okay, seven. are
1: we are, are we are we talking about okay, are we talking about like skills that input because in terms of if we're talking about us as people Yeah, then I would take seven, 100%, yeah. no questions yeah. asked. If it's just generally, I would take either tactical, extroversion, or the the top three of yours on the right side of okay. the table. Okay. But okay. if it's for me personally, I would do have fun and don't feel guilty about it. As a bit of a cop-out, I'm just going to swap it with stress <laughs> management because it's the same <laughs> thing, you know what I mean? <laughs> no, nah, but um, I think, nice, yeah, nice. I, I, I wouldn't mind swapping stress management or, actually, you know what? I'd swap decision making. Okay. Because I feel like I feel like having fun and don't, not feeling guilty about it. Decision-making is important, don't get me wrong. But mm. I think for me, of those like things that I would have to swap, I'd probably swap stress management or decision-making for have fun and don't feel guilty about it.
0: That sounds good to me, Manny. That sounds good to me. Maddie. That sounds good yeah. to me. I'll, do, I'll
1: copy and paste the list in the Spotify description with uh, the order and if anyone wants to send us a dm on instagram about the order that they would put that in we'd be really interested in to know why you rearrange it what you change i'd love to hear that's us on the fly obviously coming to the end of the episode (laughs) and maybe next week we'd come up with um we'll take a look at it again over the week and think to ourselves oh would this be different and maybe we could just ask our mates off camera as well of these 10 skills which ones were uh, which ones would you rearrange and why I you think that would be really I'm cool like, as well
0: I'll do, that. I'll do that right now as soon as you finish I'll ask my girlfriend yeah. what she thinks about this you about know what we list. should do we should get like other people
1: to chime in with their list and again an average from what other people say as well I think. That or, would be also
0: cool. we can get people to chime in with what they believe would be a more important life skill than our number one because I'd exactly. love to see that too yeah, to see 100% that too. man um, so yeah uh, hopefully yeah, people so, can get involved with it
1: yeah no, we, we really would love to hear your suggestions so if you haven't done so already give us a follow on Spotify and give us a follow on Instagram at the official DMC podcast. Like we just said, DM us with suggestions. And then for this week, DM us, um, we'll, link the, we'll have in the description the list. So DM us either your list or DM us your most important life score that we haven't mentioned that outperforms any of ours because we'd love to hear it. And perhaps maybe we'll look back on this uh, later down in this in season two and we think about how things have changed and what skills we might have le- left out and we could put in instead. I think that would be really cool as well to do like, a, like a, a round two of this. That would be really interesting. And maybe to get someone else's thoughts to chime in on it as well. That would be really awesome. So if you did enjoy, do give us a follow, like I just said. And hopefully you can share it with one person. We don't really advertise too much. We just use the Instagram for advertisement. So if you can share it with one friend, that's what, all we ask from you guys. It really would mean the world to us. And if if you did enjoy it, this is DMC signing off.